I believe this is the man you're looking for. You got me! Clean cup, move down, clean cup. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we're your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode, we'll focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Kyle, we're back. Hope that hangover's worn off from last week. And we'll talk about some Turp Boys some more. Yeah. I mean, when I come in hot with the Henny, anything could happen. Anything can happen, guys. And it, and it certainly did. I was not feeling good the next morning, but I did have a great time because it did feel like we were all in the same room having some drinks talking about stupid things like drunk Disney characters and to continue that stupid conversation that we had so much fun with last time is our friend Kyle Madsen. Kyle, welcome back to Mouse Madness. Hey, thanks guys. I had such a good time last week. I figured I'd pop back in and I don't, I don't consider this conversation stupid whatsoever. I think it's very important work you guys are doing. Hey, I've, I've never heard of anyone having this conversation and documenting it exactly. for the world. So at least we're here doing that. Yeah. Some future generation is going to stumble upon this recording and <laughs> understand life in March of 2021. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, before we hop into our normal show, we have one of our favorite segments to bring back. We only do it every once in a while. And this one is Shop Disney Roulette. We are back. The last time we did this, it was the great ornament challenge in which we had to give each other the weirdest ornaments. This time for Shop Disney Roulette, the topic was the coolest Disney drinking vessel, which is perfect for this bracket. And uh, Chris and I have been searching for each other for the past probably about a month. And we sent each other what we figured was the coolest drinking vessels to each other. Kyle's going to watch us open it and he's going to decide which one truly takes the crown. Now, I will say that uh, we've done three of these and I've won two of them. Chris finally got his name in the rafters during the holiday one with his incredible flubber ornament that he sent to me, which is now my favorite Christmas item that I have in my collection. So I'm looking to take this title back. Or you know what? I might be looking to even the score too. So... Honors always go to the loser from last round, so that means, <laughs> Kyle, you are opening first this time. All right. So for all my listeners, let me describe. I have this cube of a box that definitely looks like it has probably something like a coffee mug-sized drinking vessel in it. Uh, perfect square. It comes from a, a person's name, not like a company or a shop. Mm. Makes me think this is an eBay buy, perhaps an Etsy buy. And you know how I love the packaging that comes in these Etsy and eBay buys. So I hope there's a Dollar Tree plastic bag in here because I'm <laughs> going to know it's real good. So I'll go ahead and open this bad boy up. <laughs> oh, this is fun. <laughs> this gives me a little uh, hint. Excuse me a little hint as to what this might be. So it says, thank you so much for your order. These boots are so cute. 
stay safe out there. I'm a little afraid <laughs> to continue opening this. <laughs> this box. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, baby. Let me open this bubble wrap before I uh, explain what these are because I know exactly what they are and I'm excited. Can I just say your ability to vamp while you're doing this arduous task of opening your package is really, really strong. Thanks, man. Hey, just professional stuff. We're only professionals out here on the Mouse Madness podcast. We're also reviewing small businesses in the process of doing our Disney entertainment show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my girlfriend sells uh, Disney embroidery, hand embroidery Ooh. on Etsy. So, oh, she does the little thank you stickers as well in her packaging. Okay, okay, plug the shop, Let's plug go. the shop. I like it. It's at Magical Hand Stitch on Instagram. Oh, everybody, go follow. Get your embroideries. We support. We love it. Uh, you haven't heard me continue to open this, but I've been opening for a while, and that's because there are two <laughs> drinking vessels that must be presented at the same time. And they were wrapped with care. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I should have brought scissors. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. So what these are, and actually perfect for my drink today, they're Buzz and Woody boot oh shot glasses. <laughs> There's a Woody boot <laughs> and a Buzz boot. Uh, shot glass size. Looks actually, Woody's might be like a triple shot. <laughs> Um, but they are little ceramic boots and they are perfect and I love them a lot. Does the woody boot say Andy on the bottom? Ah, no, it does mm. not. So this must be okay. the other boot. I just saw writing. I wasn't sure. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's definitely the other boot. It's, de- yeah, these, it's definitely the other boot. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, Jen Incredible. from Etsy, I guess, uh, for this or eBay. Who knows? So, this, uh, the prompt was drinking vessel, and I think that kind of worked to our advantage in being creative with like what we order. If it holds liquid, it's a vessel. <laughs> so yeah. those are actually toothpick holders. At least that's <laughs> how they were like described. But come on, right? You can fill them with some shots. Like that's the Disney way. Disney way. It's like Das Boot, but small. <laughs> das All right. Boot. So we have uh, Woody and Buzz. You've got a friend in me shot glasses. And now let's see what we got from Kyle. So this one is an eBay purchase. It says a preferred shipping service on eBay on the label here. Comes from Greg in North Carolina. So <laughs> shout out, Greg. Yeah, shout shout out, out to Greg. Greg. We've got some Fragile stickers on here uh, so that, you know, it's probably something ceramic, I would say. it's It's got the weight of like a mug. So I'm going to guess it's a mug um i wish that i could pour my current spoonful of sugar into whatever this ends up being but i would be terrified that i'll spill it everywhere so i'm probably not (laughs) gonna do that all right we've got some packing peanuts in here (laughs) oh greg went hard (laughs) they're everywhere uh okay we got a bubble wrapped uh looks like a mug for sure it's dark in color now this mug was handpicked to the taste of Chris Bowers. <laughs> I, I really hope that he enjoys this. This is this is something I would buy like myself. <laughs> this is incredible. Um yeah, this is from the Haunted Mansion's 50th anniversary. So this is a plain black 
Disneyland Resort 50th Haunted Mansion oh, mug. Um, it's interesting. The plaque that has the 50th logo is the same plaque that's on the entrance to the Haunted Mansion. It's got like huh? the Medusa lady's face on it. Uh, you've oh, yeah. also got this like detailing in the mug. It's not going to show up on Zoom because Zoom video quality is not that good, but it's the wallpaper from the Haunted Mansion, like oh. laser etched into the ceramic, like a, oh. like textured. That's um, it. The handle is like somewhat ornate looking. Oh, just saw the inside along <laughs> the brim of the inside of the mug says it's going to be a swinging wake. Uh yeah. So wow. this is like a a collector's item mug for sure. Like this is definitely like limited edition. This was probably available in the parks. So yeah, we've got this haunted mansion mug, fiftieth anniversary with laser etching, uh, haunted mansion wallpaper. I don't know if you can see that in there. No, but I. It just looks dirty. I can imagine yeah. it. Um, and we've got. Woody and Buzz best friends toy shot glass boots. So, Kyle, which of these items is the cooler Disney drinking vessel? This is brutal <laughs> uh, because I like shots and I like coffee. Um, I'm going to go with the shot glasses because they, I, they look handmade to me. And they're more unique. They're more like going to be a little bit of a conversation piece. And that's not to knock the 50th anniversary mug because it is cooler than heck. Um, but I, I think I've got to go with the boots because those are something that I've never really seen before. And I love the I love the creativity. And there's the friendship connection. Woody, Buzz, Kyle, Chris. I think that's really great. So wow. uh, those those are going to take the cake for me. Wow. If, if I was going to give a little speech, um, I'd have to say <laughs> I, I played that one with strategy in mind. Like I definitely saw drinking vessels that I know Kyle would like personally, like much more. But I was like, I got I got to play to the host. I got to play to whoever's judging this competition. So um, that evens the score. I'm wearing a star command hat. That, that evens <laughs> the score. Shop Disney roulette <laughs> is tied up two to two. After our first one of 2021. Let's go. Uh, let's untap the keg that is the Spoonful of Sugar segment. Kyle, what are you sipping on over there? I'm doing beer this time. Uh, this is actually inspired by a conversation that I had with Kyle Madsen a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about um, original pattern brewing here in Oakland and, and what the, their offerings were. And so I went down to the liquor store today. They have a great craft brew area of of their uh, refrigerators and i picked up a magnitude unbeknown from original pattern brewery which is a hazy ipa um this is a super tasty one this is definitely like a, a summertime hazy where it's a little bit more on the fruity side than maybe some of the acidic uh, citrusy hazy ipas and i love it. it it's delicious we just learned here in california last week that Ballparks are about to be able to allow audiences, crowds at baseball games. And I can imagine myself drinking one of these at the Oakland Coliseum as I watch the green and gold take on whoever's put into their realigned division for this COVID baseball season of 2021. Chris, 
what are you drinking this week? So uh, I have to give a little shout out to Ryan Callahan from our best Grogu moment bracket, as well as great friend of the show, Steffi. Steffi. Um, My birthday is coming up and they are paying attention because (laughs) they got me a beer box with like 15 beers and I feel like 80% of them are sour beers, which like we've just established is, is your beer. my my beer, I guess. <laughs> I love yeah. sours. So um, I'm, I'm working my way through them. So, so I pulled out one of them for this episode. This one's called Razzy Pazzy from <laughs> Mraz Brewing Company. And they are a brewery based in El Dorado Hills, California. Oh. And nice. so on the beer, the Razzy Pazzy title is written in like Pez font. Uh, yeah. So also it's got like little hops cartoon guys. It looks like they're eating raspberries and plums. Hmm. Um, so I, I poured it into my Haunted Mansion 50th uh, mug and we're going to give it a little taste right now. It's just so dang good. Like it's <laughs> so sour. But <clears throat> not like fruity. I don't feel like I'm drinking like a hard cider or like a, a mixed drink or something. It doesn't, hmm. I can't say that it tastes like plum or raspberries. It's just like sour flavor. And, and I just, I love that so much. So two thumbs up for Razzy Pazzy for me. Kyle Madsen, what about you? I've got to say, following your beer journey is one of my favorite parts of listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'm a and big I kid root, now. I root so hard for you to like whatever beer you're drinking. <laughs> like when you, I think it was the some uh, the one of the Cooperstown beers you had, and then the following episode, you were like, "Yeah, it was a swing and a miss," which broke my heart. I was like, "I'm so bummed <laughs> that he didn't like that beer." <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I just I like when people yeah. enjoy their beer. So yeah. Um. I'm sticking with what worked last week. I had a little cookie Perfect. beforehand. I've got my Johnny Walker double black. So we are back on Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Woo. Love it. Love it. And especially now that the park is potentially opening up in a couple of weeks, you can have a little Mr. Toad's before you hop on Mr. Toad's. Maybe not we'll a great about idea, it. but I mean, I'm willing to try anything. So. <laughs> Well, last week we started out with a great field of 16 Disney turnt boys and a turnt girl. We asked a very specific demographic to help us out building out that field of 16. It was people mad about taste of Disney. This week, we're one week closer to the parks actually being open. So hopefully these people that either didn't get tickets or had a really, really rough time getting taste of Disney tickets are a little bit happier (laughs) as they potentially get closer to walking down Main Street once again. Maybe even, you know, hitting up Autopia or Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln or whatever, (laughs) whatever ride. And like, like, but how crazy is that? Disneyland, you have not been to it in a year. You walk down Main Street. What is the first attraction that you can get to? Wow. It's Lincoln. Lincoln. So like people are going to have to be like, they got to ride a ride. We got to go to Lincoln. Or are they going to be like. Sprint to Peter Pan like they all freaking do. See ya, Abe. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Disneyland's first impression on on people. Abraham Lincoln. Anyways, I digress. So we have narrowed it down to a round of eight. 
where we have, just to bring everyone up to speed, the number one seed Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean versus number eight Shorty from the Tangled Universe. Number four, Mad Hatter, March Hare, and the Dormouse from Alice in Wonderland versus the number 12 seed Uncle Waldo from the Aristocats. On the other side, we've got the number two seed Gaston from Beauty and the Beast versus number 10, everyone's favorite space pirate, Valkyrie. <laughs> then the last matchup is number 14, Brom Bones versus number 11, Tony Stark, Iron Man himself. So, Kyle, I started us off last week, and anytime I have the opportunity to give you the floor to talk about Woo! anything Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> that could last, couple hours i'm gonna take that opportunity to give you the floor so kyle <laughs> take us away with witty jack yeah i don't think that i'm gonna pull a uh davy jones and will turner storyline approach with this one where i'm just rambling for what se seemed like 45 minutes explaining how they got to where they were as sad boys but like jack sparrow has just so many great moments and you know his, his essence is just turntness i think being very uh spontaneous in your decision making doing things that are very risky while under high pressure whether that's from your peers or your situation that's very turnt there's great moments in which he is just fully sending it at every moment and one of those is when He's trying to get from uh, Lord Beckett's boat onto the Flying Dutchman, I believe, and he fires off a cannon that propels him off the mast onto the other boat, claiming that if he wasn't crazy, that would never work. And that's the mentality of a turnt person. Like, I can only do that. You alluded to it, Chris, in the last episode. You can just do things that normal you would never be able to do. And that's just Jack all the time one of the more like joyful jack turnt moments is when him and elizabeth are stranded on that island and they find the hidden rum the fact that like he knows where to get the rum no matter where he is great turnt boy move finds the rum on this island they have a bonfire they're drinking they're singing they're singing yo-ho pirates life for me uh, he passes out on the beach, passing out where you're not supposed to. Big turn boy move. Um, that also sets him up for putting the value of rum above everyone else for the rest of this series. <laughs> when Elizabeth shows back up as a stowaway in the second movie, uh, he tells everybody to hide the rum because on that beach, <laughs> she used it to form a signal fire and burnt it all. He would rather have that rum and be stranded on that island rather than be rescued. A man who puts alcohol before the well-being of others is a dirt boy. And then we got to talk about the fifth movie because there's plenty of, of moments, little quips. The most iconic one where he says, why is the rum always gone? As he's charting out a map, he stands up and stumbles and he's like, oh, that's why. <laughs> Great. People who drink while they're sitting down playing games don't realize how drunk they are until they stand up. But in the fifth movie, this is turnt on a whole nother dimension because it's not just Jack who's turnt. It is literally Johnny Depp who's turnt. And 
I would like a disclaimer for this. It was under very unfortunate circumstances that he was this way. Like he was not in a good place while uh, he was filming the fifth movie. So I don't necessarily want to make light of his actions, but I definitely want to call it out because I think we're going to be talking about it as like movie trivia in the future, just as, as humans in the fifth movie, he was going through a, uh, a, a domestic trial with his then wife, Amber Heard, and he was very depressed and he was really just down on his luck seemingly. And the, the production assistants had to like come get him to go film. And he was drinking a lot. And at one point, the Hollywood reporter reports that he swallowed eight ecstasy pills at once. My God. What? Homeboy was turnt, turnt. And now, Kyle Madsen and Chris, have you guys seen Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales? Once in preparation for the, the best pirate bracket. I don't remember anything about that movie except for uh, they split the ocean like Moses. And someone ended up drowning. Is that the same movie? <laughs> yes, it's the same movie, but okay. that's not even what I'm getting at. Kyle, have you seen this fifth Pirates movie? No. Great. No one should watch it. But there's a moment <laughs> when Jack Jack's known for these extravagant entrances to these movies, how we're introduced to him. The first movie, he's floating along on the mast of his ship and it's this whole moment where it's very epic but really his boat's sinking in the second one he's uh been caught and presumably dead and he's thrown into the ocean in a coffin and he fires a shot that kills a bird and he emerges from the coffin and uses a leg to to row to shore um and then we get a, a similar weird scene in the third movie where he's in Davy Jones' locker and it's a whole weird thing. This is turning into a 45-minute <laughs> discussion. Anyways, in the fifth movie, he is found asleep where he shouldn't be, which is in a bank that he's supposed to be robbing with his boys, and there's an empty bottle next to him. And when the doors open and he's sleeping there, a lady also pops up from behind the safe who ends up being the banker's daughter. And it's this whole thing. And Jack is so hammered because it's really Johnny who's so hammered. And it's really unfortunate because it's just like, who is this? And then all of this story came out about what he was going through. And so I feel awful for him. But like this Jack is like, Chris brought up, sometimes people are really turnt and you just can't tell. They're like, oh man, I thought you were sober the whole time. This Jack was completely way too turnt the entire, the entire movie. Uh, up against Shorty from Tangled. And we had kind of discussed what part he plays in, in that movie. I haven't seen any of the animated series, so maybe he shows back up into the Tangled universe a little bit. Chris, do you know if, if that's the case? No idea. I was going to look into it, but I ran out of time. The only thing for sure is that he shows up in this short, uh, Tangled Happily Ever After or whatever, when... Rapunzel and Eugene get married and Shorty screams happy birthday when the ceremony's over. Hilarious. So I, what I really like about Shorty, besides all the things that I said last time, costuming, falling asleep where he's not supposed to be, 
engaging in song. He also is very bought into the choreography that's happening in the tavern. Like he's making sure he hits those steps. He wants to be part of that crew. Uh, He's swinging from a chandelier at one point. Being where you're not supposed to be is also very turn of of a person. Um, And then part of being a turn boy that I brought up in the last episode is how they they speak. Sometimes they're slurring their lines or they're like Merlin and they're making up words altogether. And when Flynn and Rapunzel escape the Snuggly Duckling, when the guards come to try and arrest them, uh, one of the guards holds up a, uh, a flyer and says, I think I got him. And he holds up Shorty and Shorty goes, you got me. And it's just the most quintessential, like drunk person just thinking that everything's a joke. Like that's kind of the like underlying theme of falling asleep wherever you want to do wherever you want to taking risks that you wouldn't normally take and acting out is that you feel like you're invincible and shorty in this moment feels like nothing can go wrong he's about to be like arrested by these guards which would have some consequences in the end and he just doesn't care so in this matchup while i think that shorty's the more like fun less serious has hilarious moments turnt boy i think i'm still going to give it to jack and his just overall turntness in the way that he holds himself yeah i mean i co-sign everything you're saying about jack i think he clearly lives for consuming alcohol i mean the fact that why is the rum gone has kind of transcended disney and is like yeah in the general public pop culture space is is huge um we see him owning the compass that points to what he wants and we see that compass point to rum on several occasions (laughs) um also tortuga i want to talk a little bit about tortuga like he is so comfortable in tortuga meanwhile will is like where am i like what is yeah. this like a good turnt boy just like i'm i'm home <laughs> this is this <laughs> Amongst is the chaos. this is where people understand me cut to like a guy that's honestly probably bigger turnt boy than anyone on this bracket like a pirate who's having like four beers poured onto him <laughs> at, at once yeah. and just Incredible. like he's like being waterfalled on uh yeah random extra but jack sparrow says uh it's indeed a sad life that has never breathed deep the sweet proliferous bouquet that is Tortuga. <laughs> what a great line. And like, yeah. we know that that sweet proliferous bouquet is like pig. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> right. Um, he's, he's got the girls. I mean, we yeah. don't really need to elaborate anymore on that, but he's got some issues with like womanizing and philandering maybe. They go to the bar in Tortuga and there's like fights happening everywhere. Every like, giant brawl. And Jack is just like walking com- through it completely comfortable, like not even surprised or shocked. Like I said, this is like his home turf. Finding his hat as he's walking by trying to put, mm-hmm. try on other people's hats. It's, this is his home. He does a little boat race with with uh, Josh and me when they're trying to kind of like talk about you know, are we going to do this adventure? Are we not going to do this adventure? What should we do? And Josh me's like, I feel a change in the wind, says I. 
give what you can, take nothing back. And then they do a little down, up, down, up boat race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty awesome. Also, not one, but two Pirates of the Caribbean movies are punctuated with the final line of dialogue being Jack in a boat saying, drink up me hearties, yo ho. The yeah. first movie cuts immediately to credits. The third movie, like the score kind of swells and it like pans out to a wide shot. Um, but either way, like two movies, like with that being the final, like that's what you want to leave your audience with. Drink up me hearties, yo ho. Like Pirates of the Caribbean is Jack Sparrow is drinking that's it um shorty man it's tough because i love shorty so much and like <laughs> you can make the exact same argument with shorty because tangled a great movie with so many awesome themes punctuated by shorty flying on some lanterns like above past the screen and then it rolls to credits yeah it's great Dressed as Cupid still, underwear, no clothes. <laughs> Where's Shorty going? Like, how do they get him down from there? This animated series, I think it's just going to answer so many questions for us. I'm getting, like, up vibes where Shorty's about to meet up with Carl and the rest <laughs> of the crew at Aztec Falls. He'd be like, what up, bro? Um, <laughs> and I also want to elaborate on the swinging from the chandelier. <laughs> the Sia song, by the way, Chandelier, written about Shorty. And, and not only is he <laughs> swinging from the chandelier, he's spraying alcohol around the entire room while he's, Incredible. it's like spinning and he's got a beer and he's like <laughs> spraying right. everyone with the hose. Also, he's strapped to the center of like a, like a wheel of death, a thro throwing knife like bullseye target he's like strapped to it doesn't care like no. you said danger Invincible. not a problem for turnt boy but i i figured out why he's so turnt all the time and it's because he's such a small person shorty has <laughs> such a such a small low tolerance for alcohol and, and that's made apparent when very finale of I've got a dream happens. They kind of pull out a little bit and, and all of the thugs are like cheersing Rapunzel and Shorty's got like a pitcher of beer and it's like the size of his torso. That's like, that would be like a normal person drinking half a keg of beer. Like that's, that's Shorty <laughs> drinking, drinking a beer. So yeah. no surprise. He's like turnt all the time. And, and also to elaborate him being drunk at Rapunzel's wedding, it takes a rare breed to like, because obviously weddings are like the only place where it's socially acceptable to be super drunk after the age of like 30. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to be so excited, you can, you cannot even make it to the reception. Like, I don't care. It's my time to shine, baby. I'm getting <laughs> <laughs> Ceremony reception is a big part. Like I'm pre-gaming this wedding in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. That's how turnt boy I'm. I've seen it. I've been to weddings like this. And, and the turnt boy sticks out like a sore thumb, like the person drunk at the ceremony. I love that for Shorty. It's hard to argue with Jack and like the rum culture and the pirate culture and like alcohol being such a big part of that. And like, yes, Jack makes alcohol such a big part of his like motivations for so many of his decisions. 
I'm going with Shorty though, just because I love Ooh. Shorty and and I am just a bigger fan of his party energy than I am Jack sure. Sparrow. Just like general, just drinking rum all day, kind of being drunk but not really. Maybe it's a little tipsy here and there. Like Shorty's all or nothing all the time. So Tom Matson, you're breaking the tie. Yeah, it's not the alcoholic bracket, and that's what I think Jack Sparrow is. He is a highly functioning alcoholic who has other things to do. Shorty lives to party. Kyle, you mentioned the <laughs> boat that he sleeps in, and you say yeah. he's not supposed to sleep there, but I think he is. I think that's his bed. I think that's that spot. He passes out there so frequently mid-party that they got sick of hitting up tangled lift to get him home right. they just threw him in the extra boat that they have so i'm going with shorty because wow. he is a party animal that is all we see this guy do is get turned up we see jack drunk and functioning and that's wild and there's that scene in whichever one where he's on the boat with all the other jacks and then it turns out he's in the middle of the desert but that's like a hallucination. That's not him actively trying to party. Shorty is a guy I want to hang out with. I want to be nowhere <laughs> near Jack Sparrow when the when the booze starts flowing. So Shorty is is moving on in the upset. Wow. Down oh, goes Captain Jack. My gosh. That... Uh, Dang. Wow. All right. Well, Shorty, I feel good about this. I feel, I feel I, I mean, I <laughs> history. Hit, we're on the right side of history, Chris. All right. So uh, let's move on to the next matchup then. It's it's number four, Mad Hatter, March Hare and Dormouse versus number 12, Waldo. And, and, and both of these characters have very small parts in their respective films, both very, very drunk slash turnt parts. Um, I think Hatter, Hare, and Dormouse, though, they're just on another level. Um, we can break it down next matchup, but I think I think Waldo is just just doesn't really match that general turnt energy. Yes, he's a, a drunk dude. No question about it. He seems like he drinks a lot, but like Hare, Hatter, and Dormouse are operating on so many levels, not just the drunk level, that, that it's an easy advance for me. Can we break it down next matchup? Are you confident in that assessment? I I I, I am. Are you? Yeah, are you? Just, are you pro- yeah, okay. Oh I'm my just god. Kidding. No, yeah, Don't we're gonna we're gonna advance them. Um, I wanna I wanna break something down though about okay. the this triple threat that we have. Sure, the, go ahead. The hair, the hatter, and the dormouse. When you have ever interacted with a turned individual, <laughs> have you ever witnessed them? attempt to accomplish a task whether i love love i love fixing things and cleaning when i'm just on another level yeah kyle have you witnessed somebody just turn that needs to go accomplish a task maybe yeah somebody broke something during a party or maybe you know they they have a task to and they're like aggressively pursuant to that task yeah we get that here with the white rabbit's pocket watch in which the mad hatter is trying to fix this pocket watch and he's pouring sugar into it he's pouring tea into it he's putting (laughs) butter on it he's doing all these things that reminds me of like somebody feeling like they can hang a 
flat screen TV onto a wall four beers deep. You know, just like the confidence that they're taking the right steps, using things that they shouldn't be using. So like maybe this person doesn't have a screwdriver so that they're going to they're going to makeshift one using a a piece of wood that they found in the fireplace that they're going to try and use to screw into the wall. You know, like Mm -hmm. that that energy is just on display as the Mad Hatter attempts to fix this pocket watch in which he just absolutely destroys. And this is something that living in Santa Barbara, I witnessed a ton. And specifically, another great story is when you cannot open a wine bottle because you don't have a bottle opener. So you go to any other means that you can because you need that wine. That is turnt boy energy. We had that exact experience. Somebody put the wine bottle into a shoe. Somebody banged that shoe against the wall. And that wall now has a shoe hole in it because that person was not thinking straight four beers deep. That is big Mad Hatter energy. That is big turnt boy energy. I agree with you, Chris. These three are just the life of the party as opposed to Uncle Waldo. Kyle, what do you think about these three moving on here? Yeah, no, it's the right move. I have questions about your wine opening techniques here. Please. I w- you meant like a corkscrew, right? Not a bottle opener? Correct, Craig, corkscrew. Okay, I was doing some uh, maneuvering in my head to figure out how you would get the cork out con a bottle opener. So right. uh, corkscrew. I just wanted corkscrew. to confirm because I was going to have a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. Just... I mean, us attempting to open a, a bottle of wine with like a bottle cap opener would also align with the people that I lived with for multiple like years. That's more of life. a like you try and break the top with the opener. Instead of the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Can I... Uh... Can I make a, a very dirty confession, literally a dirty confession to you all? You can leave this on the podcast. Don't even I care. Uh, speaking <laughs> of people who drink and try to fix things, my signature move at parties <laughs> was I would go to the bathroom and notice people's toilet seats were a little bit loose and I would tighten their toilet seats without telling anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so disgusting but like my hope was that like the next morning whoever's house it was they'd be like whoa my toilet seat's not broken anymore <laughs> hey do you know what happened is somebody went to use that toilet and they didn't say it's not broken anymore because no one ever no- acknowledges that their toilet's broken until it's leaking no. so somebody pulled that toilet seat up and went this feels different <laughs> hey Come on, does this feel different? Oh, it's that's the, exactly how. That's incredible. The elusive toilet tightener strikes again. <laughs> I learned how to do it when I was like a sophomore in college. I was like, dang, that was really easy. And then like every time I've ever sat on a toilet at someone's house, like ever, I'm like, why is this person not tightening their toilet seat on a regular basis? It's so easy. So I would just do it for them and then wash my hands and like that's it. Problem solved. People will be out here calling Frank the maintenance guy, you know, <laughs> waiting three days for him to show up and like do that with his hand. Like, you're I got not, you. You're not, you're not the toilet tightener guy. You're the, wow, he takes a long time to <laughs> guy. Like every bathroom <laughs> trip was a poop <laughs> in your friend's minds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I fixed your plumbing. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, on that note, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next Elite Eight matchup. It is number two, Gaston versus number 10, Valkyrie. And I'm very happy to say that this is where Gaston's road ends for me. Not only because I did advance Jack the last time we spoke about him, and I feel like Valkyrie has that same kind of energy, but where Valkyrie's turn energy is amplified over Jack's is the way that she's ready to absolutely hop into action at any moment. That is turn energy. Okay, so I already talked about how she fell off the ship uh, when we first get introduced to her, much like Jack would. Our pal here can absolutely chug anything that's coming her way. And the scene in Ragnarok where Thor wants to speak with her and she says, okay, you can talk to me until I finish this drink. That's, that's the time you got. And she just absolutely chugs it. That is show up, show out, show off, which turnt boys love to do. She, we then also see her at the bar by herself, just on her way to her next journey. I'm also going to just grab a drink. Like, turn boy energy and then my favorite part is that she watches this thor hulk match from hovering above the stadium sitting on the edge of her ship cracking open a drink and just enjoying that that nosebleed section view it's not just that she she quote unquote purchased the nosebleeds which is such a turnt thing to do right like if you're watching something that you don't actually care about and you're just like i just want to be there to be there and spend my money on maybe some alcohol i'm gonna buy the cheap seats and just party the entire time but not only that but she's also alone and she has no regard for her own safety and is sitting on the edge of that ship ready to fall off it gives me cliff flashbacks and i don't like it <laughs> so i also had this like whoa she's got the nosebleed seats Big turnt person energy. They don't even care about the sporting event. They're just there to get drunk. It happens all the time. And then I was like, wait a minute. She didn't purchase the nosebleed seats. <laughs> she's she's that picture of those dudes outside Jack Murphy's stadium watching the game on a TV <laughs> or those people that buy Cubs tickets on the rooftop of the bar next door <laughs> because right. it's still even cheaper than that. You don't even have to be in the ballpark. Just get on a high enough vantage point to see inside the stadium and it's free. A, a turnt boy gal who can pre-plan to maximize their turntness is a great turnt personality. I like that pre-planning aspect because you think about like going to sporting events, especially like if you've gone to anything here in the Bay Area, specifically Oakland, like the sporting event starts the minute that you get through the gates and you show up three hours early. You're getting turnt in the parking lot before you even step in the stadium. Valkyrie's playing chess out here. She's having the tailgate above the stadium, not paying for any of it. Just turning up, even if it's just by herself. Now, that might come back to hurt her. That kind of turn up by myself stuff could come back to hurt. But the fact that she's not awful like Gaston and is just kind of a lone wolf type as opposed to uh, the absolute worst is enough for me here to be the better turnt Disney boy. Yeah, I, I think just 
the fact that we really don't see Gaston drink that much alcohol kind of works against him in this matchup for me, going up against someone who who does drink a lot. Um, and, and and it's not really like Jack Sparrow, where we see her just like drinking during the day. She drinks like at special occasions, <laughs> right? Sp- sporting event, like let's drink. Last episode, I mentioned sake bombs as the second most aggressive thing a turnt person can drink. The most aggressive thing a turnt person can drink is any type of alcohol that is lit on fire. (laughs) That is a level of turnt that I have never been and I hope I will never get to. Oh, man. One type of video that I will watch multiple times after I've seen it is any, like, alcohol explosion oops, that flaming shot accidentally lit my face on fire type video because what are you doing? Like, what do you, like, like, what do you expect to happen when you're swallowing fire? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so backstage at the Hulk v. Thor matchup, we see Valkyrie order some type of alcohol that is shooting fire out the top of it I mean, it could be a beer with like some like a 151 around the rim, but I I like to think that it's just like a like a fifth of 151 that she they just lit up, right? Um, which just like puts her on a, an entirely different level. She can drink a lot of these people on this bracket under the <laughs> table. Absolutely. Impressive. So I am advancing her to the final four over Gaston as the bigger turnt person. We got a turnt girl going to the final four. Kyle, you agree with that? I have some reservations about Valkyrie the same way I did about Thor and how much oh. they're getting turned up versus trying to drown their sorrows. And I Die. think there's a I think there's a lot of that with Valkyrie. On the other hand, sure. Gaston sucks and I don't want him around yeah. anymore. So I had Valkyrie moving on. Totally. Real quick, have you never had a flaming Dr. Pepper? I have no. I have not and I and I don't want one because I they're know terrific. that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be that dude in that video that <laughs> I might have tried one and like the the shot glass like burnt my lip or something and I was like I'm out like I yeah. I'm going to do this wrong I'm going to light my face on fire. My my buddies in college uh had a house called the Thunderdome and to party at the Thunderdome your quote unquote initiation was you had to drink a flaming Dr Pepper. A flaming Dr Pepper. And I drank one and went, that shit's delicious. Line me up another one. And this is a place where people just like would go crazy, drink a lot and pass out. Like sure. no holds barred, like booze everywhere. Just come in, have a great time. I was like, line me up a second one. And it was like record scratch. Mm, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're 100. I was like, yeah, line that shit up. It's fine. It tasted good. Yeah. It's what, what could it? Dude, very <laughs> tough scene for your uh... boy. Um, uh, you know, vomiting in various places and waking up in a floor, <laughs> stranger's bathroom. As a turnt boy would, as yeah. a turnt boy would. Flaming Dr. Peppers. All right, let's move to the next matchup. It's number 14, Brom Bones from Ichabod and Mr. Toad versus 11, Tony Stark. Wow. Um. So Brom Bones Again, not a major character. We see him as a turnt boy, and we don't ever really see him not as a turnt boy. There are a few scenes where he's interacting with um, the the woman in the town that everyone's in love with, and he's like carrying presents for her. Can't remember yeah. her name off the top of my head, but um, the small part 
ultimately, like in the Disney universe, I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who could just like pull Brom Bones name out of a hat. Even if you asked yeah. him, like, who's the who's the brute guy in in uh, Mr. Toad Ichabod? Tony Stark has that problem where like we see him turn at times, but we also mostly see him not turn at all because he's such an important character. And Kyle, you said this last week where we see him lose that turnt boy attitude and he, he lives in the woods and he, he has a daughter. I love you 3000. And he, he marries pepper and, and that ends up being like a really important chapter of his life. He's very resistant to like rejoin the Avengers because he really values that. And, and, and I would almost make the argument that he gives in ultimately to the turnt boy life by choosing to go back. He's like, yes, I have this daughter I care about. Yes, I have this wife I care about. I have a legacy that I need to protect. Yeah. But I have to roll with the squad because once a turnt boy, always a turnt boy, <laughs> like I'm going back in. The yeah. turnt life chose me. <laughs> And like, it's, it's the end of him. Like he lives and dies a turp boy. He lives and dies with the squad. He's a party person, loves being like out there with other humans, very outgoing. He's an extrovert. Obviously. I I think being alone with just Pepper and his daughter and in the woods, like he, I mean, I I feel like he wants to want that life, but I, I just don't think that he does. Right. Um, and so you know, I I really don't think we can say that like, oh, he he lost his turnt boy ness. Like maybe he lost binge drinking, <laughs> but I think ultimately he still likes being the center of attention and and getting the glory and saving the day and being the one everyone's talking about. I mean, look at his look at his funeral. It's yeah. stacked with people. Yeah, important people. Right, so uh, I'm going with Tony Stark here over Brom Bones. Yeah, I think we're going to do the same only because I didn't want to pass Brom Bones on last time. I didn't want to pass Tony on either, but I think that his personality and even when he was like binge drinking, he was like turnt boy energy. It's interesting that like the three Marvel characters on this on this bracket all kind of resort to drinking because of trauma um and it's more sad drinking but of them tony turns up you know like he's he's actually throwing ragers and he's being the center of attention and he's thinking all eyes are on him he's very self-centered uh i think that's very much turn boy energy whether that's going to i mean that sets up for a, a Marvel v. Marvel, which means that a Marvel is going to make it to the finals of a Disney bracket, uh, which is interesting. But I think that in this, like, no matter what, it just isn't Brom Bones. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm agreeing with yeah. you, Kyle. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a key part of Tony's character. And I, when Chris said on the Marvel pods that the first three phases of the MCU are the Tony Stark story. I agree with that. It's the same thing. It's like the Skywalker saga in, in star Wars. It's there's all these characters, there's all these storylines, but it really revolves around uh, kind of this one guy. So um, I agree with that because it's literally in Tony's character to be uh, 
and turn. Yep. Absolutely. Turn T Stark. Turn T Stark. <laughs> he tried. It was there. It, mm. it was there. Mm. All right. We're going to go on to the final four. And our first matchup is number eight, Shorty from the Tangled Universe versus number four, the Hair, the Hatter, and the Dormouse. You know, if this was Shorty up against like a turnt Disney character, then maybe. But Shorty's up against the hare, the hatter, and the dormouse, and they're all feeding off of each other's energy. Mostly the hare and the hatter, which I think like if you're going to be in a turnt group like of three like that, y'all all got to be on the same page. And dormouse represents the fall asleep anywhere <laughs> of that of that crew. Also wakes up and is ready for action. I feel like that's very turnt. Uh, when they pulled the dormouse out of the teapot during their song, my favorite bit probably in Alice in Wonderland is when they pull the dormouse out and they're singing like to you and the hatter takes off his hat to like wave as he's holding the note. The um, hair takes another hat that was under that off of his head and there's a little tiny hat and the dormouse grabs it after just waking up and also just joins in on this chorus. I love that. Ready for action, ready to do whatever the squad's doing. Very turnt of them. We also have, uh, besides just that song, when the fireworks go off and the Dormouse is floating down with a umbrella, he sings, twinkle, twinkle. <laughs> Little bat. Yeah. How I wonder what you're at. Yeah, exactly. And singing poorly, with that kind of drunken cadence, getting the words wrong, turn, fully turn, and in the moment, but singing something completely different than what everyone knows already singing and singing the wrong words. Already talked about how the Hatter fixing the watch is big turn boy energy. Uh, you brought up that like they, them not remembering what they had just done or what they had just said is huge in this bracket my favorite part in that is when the mad hatter asks why is a raven like a writing desk and alice repeats it well why is a raven like a writing desk and he and he thinks that she's asking it for the first <laughs> time that is a conversation that we've all had we've all had whether it's saying something and then being like oh yeah it's like it's it was just so blaringly obvious and what I love about them as turnt Disney characters is that they're drinking like tea, but they're turnt. And so there's no like actual physical alcohol that's like being consumed, but it allows us to draw the conclusion that maybe, you know, maybe that is what's happening here, that it's spiked tea or whatever. I just, I, I don't know. I just love that. It's kind of like the Mrs. Nesbitt bit, you know, like. This is also for the adults, almost slightly, even if that's not what they meant. I love that. Um, so here, I just love this trio a lot more than I enjoy Shorty. They're the more, get ready for it, iconic of this matchup. And I just got to move on the number four here. Uh, yeah, Shorty, I think, is is my like bracket darling like the the one that i didn't really have a lot of appreciation for 
going into this and being like, wow, that's they made a really great character there with Shorty that I, I never would have realized existed even uh, right. if we didn't if we didn't deep dive into this, which I think is like that's my favorite part about doing this show. Um, it's an interesting note about like we never really see Hatter here and, and Dormouse drinking alcohol and like we see Shorty not only drinking alcohol, but encouraging others by spraying alcohol around the room and and had her hair and and dormouse seemed to to not want alice to join them a couple other things like this scene is just so crazy it's one it's like (laughs) it's like anakin sad boy where you have to pause the movie every like four seconds to like write something something else happened yeah um mad hatter eats a tea tray just (laughs) no one says anything about it either he's just Eating glass, eating ceramic. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That's happening. Uh, The clean cup game. I want to, I want to dive into the clean cup game a little bit. What do we think that is? Basically they're sitting in some chairs. Someone yells clean cup, clean cup, move down. And then they change chairs. (laughs) Like, what is that? Like, is that, do you have to yell that when like everyone's cups, like you've drank everything and, and everyone's cups empty, you go clean cup. It's a great game. Yeah, it makes me like think of almost like a uh, a get to know you situation. So you know, like uh, if you've ever been a part of like a large crew of people and they do some sort of like offsite bonding experience, and you have yeah. to do like speed yeah. dating or something like yes. that. Yes, it almost reminds me of like once somebody finishes their drink, we all have to grab new partners, and that's what they're like, clean cup, clean cup, but no one else is there. <laughs> Which makes it even better as like a turn moment is that they're just so subscribed. It's like the last two people out of a huge party that still want to play that beer pong game. Um, Bro, there's not enough people. It's just the two of you. <laughs> what what it reminds me of is is Buffalo. And if y'all have never played Buffalo, it's not even a game. It's just if you catch someone holding a drink in their dominant hand, you yell Buffalo and they have to finish their drink. <laughs> Which is why I always hold my drink in my left hand whenever I'm drinking because I'm afraid to get buffaloed. It's like (laughs) it's like not even a game. It's just something someone invented one day to make you drink more, which is like that's clean cup to me. It's like there's like how can we how can we somehow justify drinking even more? Let's invent a game called clean cup where after your drink is empty, you yell clean cup. And that means you have to drink again. Like, oh, oh, and they were attempting they were attempting to like fill up Alice's cup over and over and over and over again. They were just too turnt to actually accomplish that task in the first place. So I want to talk about a one specific instance of that when uh, Mad Hatter starts pouring. I You're going to assume it's sugar, but it could be any white powdery substance <laughs> into a teacup and he makes like a mountain of it. And he yeah. and he hands it off to Alice and she tries to drink it and it goes up her nose and she's like, what? And she like pulls back from it and you see it like around her nose. I A can't mustache. wait to post this screenshot on Twitter of Alice <laughs> like with white powder around her nose area. Uh, that, that, I, I don't think they had cocaine like back then. Right. I feel like that's like a 80s thing. Right. 
Oh, I have no idea. Am I showing my I think that's when Ronald Reagan invented it, so yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ronald Reagan invented cocaine in the 80s. I don't think they had it when they were making Alice in Wonderland, but just funny, funny little, like, out-of-context frame of animation. Uh, Uh, Real real quick, just to put a, kind of put a dot on this cocaine bit, uh, Cocaine first extracted from cocoa leaves in the 1850s by European scientists. You know what? I know this because my brother's an anesthesiologist and he told me cocaine was one of the first things they used for local anesthesia. (laughs) Wow. So confirmed, Alice. So confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Alice is skiing through Wonderland. Um but she's not the only one because they also rub some strange jam on the dormouse's nose when he starts like <laughs> tripping. They're like, rub some jam on his nose. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's good. It's a Vicks vapor rub. He's tripping <laughs> and they need to get him back. What? Oh my gosh. So they eventually show up to this trial before the queen and, and they're useless. Like they're one of those witnesses where like the prosecutor would be like, get, get them off the stand. Like, right. I don't know what the word is that you yell filibuster, get them out of here. <laughs> they, they don't, they don't make sense. Uh, turn just so turn at all, at all time. I mean, the Trump card is them having an iconic drink Disney song about partying all the time. Yes. There's some movie, I can't remember if it's a Disney movie or a not Disney movie, where there's like a party that literally never stops. Animated? I don't know. It's like some type of maybe time travel comedy, and it's like, Hot Tub Time Machine. (laughs) Maybe Hot Tub Time Machine? It could be an SNL thing, too. I don't know. There's a show on Netflix where the girl keeps waking up, and she's at her birthday party. Every single time she wakes up. I mean, uh, uh, Palm Springs on Hulu's kind of that, where it's like a wedding every single day. Ah. I digress. March Hare, Mad Hatter, and Dormouse to the finals for being crazy mofos. Do you agree, Kyle? Yeah, absolutely. You guys mentioned we don't ever see him drink alcohol, but again, this isn't an alcohol bracket. It's a turn-up bracket, and I don't think you need to necessarily sure. drink alcohol to turn up. Um they are the level of turns up that messes up your vibe. Like you're <laughs> ready to party and then you step in the building and these people are just on a different level and it just kills your buzz. Like you're like, sure. I'm so not accurate. I'm yes. not keeping up with these people. I'm not as gone as I thought I was. This sucks. And then they try and start giving you drinks and they're pouring them out and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll get this for you. I'll get this for you. And you're just operating in a different plane of conversation from them. Like that's that's where they're at. Um, Shorty, God love him. It's just it's it's one of him. Um, and it's it's three of the others and they are all, uh, you know. On one. That's so yeah, funny because that is really term. accurate. In in summer camp terms, we'd call that being out oranged. Uh, orange is a personality type that is center of attention, um, and and you there's varying like levels of it. And if you get a group of like ten oranges together, one has to has to be the alpha orange, and like it's it's. <laughs> 
it's very like I don't want to say emasculating because that's not the word, but it's like um, humbling, right? To to like be like I submit my orangeness to your orangeness. I don't. <laughs> who's the Who's the alpha orange? I just sit in the um, corner and tweet talking. About yeah, it's like it's like normally <laughs> I, normally I'm the center of attention. Like I, I'm the center of attention, and everyone's like, "Wow, how is this person more center of attention than me?" It's frustrating. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. That's a great take. So let's move to the other side. Who will these three face in the finals? Will it be Valkyrie? Will it be Tony Stark? This one's so tough. Um, Valkyrie's got the sports thing working for her. We see her drinking a lot, and also the only times we see her, she is drinking. Thing going on in Ragnarok. Eventually, she like overcomes that and becomes a Valkyrie. Yeah, and I mean, like, dope warrior woman riding on a Pegasus, like that that can hype up some people, you know. I don't want to say like that's she's like no longer turnt, no longer a turnt person. Um, oh, both of these just profiles so similar. Um, I think I'll here's here's what it comes down to for me. I think Tony seeks attention from others. And I think Valkyrie wants to be left alone. Yeah. And a turnt boy needs an audience. Yep. Period. Uh, and like, I want to give it to Valkyrie because I'd love to see a turnt girl go to the finals of this. Um, respect to the way in which she consumes alcohol. But I think if you remove the alcohol from the equation, uh, which you know we've we've done here with with hair hatter and dormouse i think it's i think it's tony just just based on the fact that he loves attention and he's an extrovert and and he loves firing people up so i'm sending tony to the finals yeah and and we just get more of tony than we do of valkyrie and you know, maybe there is a a turn up party phase of Valkyrie that we just don't quite know yet. I mean, she had her people decimated by Hela like before we met her. So like, what was that phase before Hela? What was that phase after? Like, there's still we don't a lot. There's still a lot we don't know about her. But what we do know is that she's the type to just want to be by herself. And just kind of have that like turn energy that she doesn't want to share with anyone. Tony wants to share that turn energy and get people on that level with everyone he's around. And that's very evident by that last birthday party he throws. Um, and just to throw something like that and bring out the toys and show everything off and be the center of attention, like that alone is just such a turnt boy move in moment that you know it, it's more than what valkyrie presents but i yeah i agree with you i kind of wish that valkyrie would be able to go to the finals here talk about her but she's gonna stay behind and tony's moving on which means we have a final two that is the number four hair hatter and the dormouse versus number 11 tony stark kyle did you think this is where the bracket was going to end up with the alice in wonderland versus an mcu juggernaut no, no, I didn't. It was mostly because I I maybe had some bias, some recency bias, some anti-recency bias. 
where I thought that because Tony was such a modern character that there was no way he was going to be in there. And when I think of Tony Stark, I think of the superhero and Iron Man. But when you really break it down, like every party he throws is lavish. Everything he does is is with the goal of everybody having as good a time as possible. Um, So it makes it makes sense. And Valkyrie's bummed out. Like that's ultimately why she's drinking. Tony's drinking to uh, to get his party on. So it makes sense. But I didn't foresee it when I saw the bracket. All right. So that's our final two. Let's go ahead and talk about it. I mean, Chris, for me here, it's got to be that that triple threat only because I I just really view them more as that complete Disney package. They're absolutely turnt. We can assume that this isn't just a one moment thing like this unbirthday party isn't just where they're turned. We see them at the the queen's trial. They're just as turned. This is this is who they are. Um, And every every bit of their interaction with Alice is extremely turned. And Kyle brought up a great point. Like these these folks are probably like you enter the the party you enter the bar and you see this calamity happening you're probably like this is this is a lot but i think turnt turnt boys are a lot you know like they're they're a handful they're they're a ton uh one point that like as you brought up last time chris you could pause every half second and write something new about the interaction because they pack so much in the idea that there's a situation happening that could be non-existent that they blow out of proportion. There's a moment here where they all think that there's a cat and they're freaking out and the dormouse is freaking out and they're overreacting. That reminds me of like somebody fell, right? At like a party and you tell the host and the host tells whoever or or you tell somebody somebody tells the host and the story grows as it gets to them to where the point to the point where the host is like overreacting everybody get out who who made who pushed them down i'm going to fight like that kind of overreaction feels so right when it comes to somebody that's overly turned now tony is overly turned but that's still sadness energy in my mind like he was obviously dealing with that pain of feeling not enough to his father like not enough for his father to pay attention to him and i brought that up in the marvel bracket like why are they force feeding us this tony dad scenario when this is the only time that we've really seen him deal with his dad in reality we'd seen him deal with his dad the entire time that's where this kind of like attention needs to be on me because when we were growing up, it was never on me. And now I want it to be on me because I feel like I deserve that. And I'm making up for all of that lost time. So that sad boy energy being put into turnt energy, I don't I think that a lot of the time, besides his like birthday party, it was more like flexing. The sake, the drinking uh with Loki, but that's all just like a power flex. I don't think that turn boys necessarily power flex i think that they show up and show out to try and get everyone else to have a a really good time i think that the 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 triple threat 
of the Mad Hatter, the Hare, and the Dormouse are just three turnt boys having a good time in their umpteenth consecutive party day that is not anyone's birthday, partying for no reason. For me, I'm crowning the March Hare, the Mad Hatter, and the Dormouse as the turnt boys of Disney. I love the unbirthday songs involvement in this this whole conversation. Uh, before the Beastie Boys fight for your right to party, there was the very <laughs> merry unbirthday song, which is about <laughs> breaking down the system. Like, why should we only celebrate one day a year? Make it 365. Wow. And I love the idea of giving it to a classic animation. I also love the idea of giving it to some characters who are implicitly turned. Uh, ones that yeah. maybe you don't see him drink alcohol because that dirty Disney, that like dark, like secret adult Disney is is just great. Yeah. Love it. I think it would be incredibly naive, though, for us to say that like turnt people don't have sadness inside of them. Yeah, no, like, I don't think that. Some of my most turnt moments in my life were because I was <laughs> sad or yes. like I mean it doesn't even have to be like I hate my father so I'm going to get drunk. Right, it's right. like yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the yeah. king's lost so I'm I'm going to drink extra sure. tonight, you know? Or yes. or you know, just subtle insecurities about uh, being at a party where you don't know that many people or um something like that. I, I think sure. I think Tony displays like a very healthy balance of some really dark stuff, some subtle insecurities, some I'm here to have a good time and some like I'm I'm completely reckless. Uh, and, and also like we get to see him drink actual alcohol and actually piss himself and host actual parties. <laughs> I mean, I hear you on the like, I, you don't want to give it to a Marvel character thing, but like, ah, I, I just, I can't stop thinking about Tony as, as the turnt boy king, lived a turnt boy, died a turnt boy. So I'm giving sure. it to Tony Stark wow. and I'm going to throw it to Kyle wow. Madsen for the tie break. <sighs> this is a lot. This is a lot. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this, <laughs> this late in the recording. Um, this is very tough for me because Tony Stark is my favorite person in the MCU. I don't think Same. Iron Man's my favorite superhero, but Tony Stark is my favorite character. Yeah, that and sense. like that's the thing I love about that character is that Captain America, you call him Cap because he, his alter ego and his superhero are so tied up in one another. And like I don't hear a lot of people referring to Iron Man as Iron Man. Like he's Tony. He's a human. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously such a huge part of his arc. And I get what you're saying about that energy was still there a little bit and that he left the cabin. But the fact of the matter is, is he had gotten to that point and he went, he only went because it was their only chance to bring everybody back. It was his only chance to protect his family and protect this non-turned-up lifestyle that he he had cultivated for himself. On the other hand, I imagine in the Wonderland universe, 
that there's not a day where this trio is not getting down. Like they don't have office jobs. It's not no. like they they have anything else to do. I don't think they just lounge around and and talk to the Cheshire Cat. Like I think they I think they are making like Eddie Murphy and partying all the time. So <laughs> that's an 80s reference. Um I'm going with the Alice in Wonderland trio because Tony had a much larger purpose. This trio's purpose is to turn it. They're in court getting lit. Like that's <laughs> wild stuff. So I'm I'm going with the Alice trio. They're turned on public government's time and that's what we love about them. And as we do at the end of every single bracket, we are going to clap it out for our kings. Chris, it came down to uh, honestly two characters or I guess a, a trio and and a character that I didn't have in the finals at all when we first started this. Uh, yeah. I, I had predicted, honestly, I had personally predicted uh, Jack Sparrow versus Dumbo and Timothy <laughs> was my finals. So Whoops. the fact that we got here uh, was surprising, but I, I feel kind of good about it. Well, I mean, I'm looking at this bracket now, and Tony had a great draw, honestly. Um, uh, this left side is is stacked other than Pinocchio, to be honest. Like, I, I could <laughs> yeah. if Shorty was on the right side of this bracket, he'd be in the finals, bro. I agree. Totally. Like, um, yeah, I, I mean, that, that's why I love this bracket thing. It's like, it's not always just like, pull one out of 16 and let's pick one. It's like you have to do the matchups and you end yeah. up with an unexpected winner. Shout out to Remember Me from Coco as the <laughs> best Disney song of all time. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I no, it, good song. I just, <laughs> I don't I don't know how we got there, but we did. So whatever. Oh my gosh. That's how this show works. Um It's a great show. Great great talking about this stuff. I mean, oh, this yeah. was one of my favorite conversations we've had on this show. Totally. This is great. Looking at Disney movies from that angle is just A plus, A plus content. Sure. Thank you, Kyle, so much for joining us again. We love having your insight on this podcast, uh, talking about emotions and alcohol. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> Two of the things that drive most of my anxieties. <laughs> just got dark. <laughs> All right. No, literally, folks. literally anytime I will drop what I'm doing to be on this podcast. It's one of my favorite listens. So, all right. Well, we've got an incredible, and I don't say this lightly, an incredible spring slate of Mouse Madness episodes coming out. And we cannot wait for you to hear some of the things we have in store for you. Until then, though. You know how to reach us, folks. If you got something to say about these turnt boys and turnt girls, hey, if you've got an idea yourself, or if you want to be a co-host slash tiebreaker on this bracket, we would absolutely love to have you. Even if you don't know us, we love making new friends. Like, hit us up. Send us an email at mousemattispodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord, all in the description of this podcast. We'll see you in the next episode, folks. Just one question. Why is the rum gone? <laughs>